The content provided in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. We are not making recommendations, nor are we providing financial analysis of any kind. We are self-proclaimed morons and should not be trusted with your investments. Always conduct your own research and consult with a qualified financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Stock Gamblers from York, Pennsylvania. I am George Howell. And I'm Chris Carbonara. So we're uh, we're both in the same room for wow. uh, the odd, uh, odd, odd occurrence. We're on remote. <laughs> remote assignment. <laughs> So, beautiful, uh, beautiful York, Pennsylvania. <laughs> beautiful York, Pennsylvania. Um, so just to uh, start everything off, we'd like to welcome Don Riom. Don, thank Woo, you for uh, joining the uh, the Stock Gamblers Club and becoming a member of Patreon. Be like Don and subscribe today and get access to our bonus content. And to recap, Chris, you want to uh, talk about... The news that came through just when we were ending recording last week. Sure. Thank you, George. Fitch ratings downgraded the U.S. credit rating from AAA to AA plus due to concerns about the erosion of governance and the nation's expected fiscal deterioration in the next three years. The downgrade was influenced by the lack of a medium-term fiscal framework, repeated debt limit political standoffs, and a complex budgeting process. The U.S. government deficit is projected to increase to 6.3% of the GDP in 2023. Carbo, what does this mean? It means we're screwed. (laughs) Are we? (laughs) I think so, yes. I mean, to go from a AAA to a AA uh, downgrade is not the greatest thing in the world. Would you agree? Uh, It was definitely reflected in the market. Things took crap right after uh, after this uh, story came out, so... Um, whether or not it really means anything market-wise long-term, I don't know. Um, I do believe that it is a good call after, I mean, last week we were talking about how the government, uh, borrowing is now up to a trillion dollars a quarter. Um, I, I think that they're right. I think our, our, I I think politically our government is, is screwed, um, well, I think one of the things that people don't understand, and this is something that it's it's hard to to draw that distinction, is the difference between a million and a trillion. I mean, I mean, or a billion and a trillion is the difference between like sixty seconds in a minute versus like five hundred years or something like that. It's just such a wide. People think, oh, a trillion's not that big of a deal, but dang. I, I mean, mean, you know, you know the old saying: a billion here, a billion there. Sooner or later, it. it it's all real money. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I know it now. Like, I, I mean, for me, the, the problem is I have no comprehension of the word trillion. No. Like if you go to, <laughs> to the UK, they don't even have that word. It's just a million billion or, oh, what, really? what is it? uh, or a thousand, a thousand million, a thousand million. I'm math. I do good. <laughs> uh, yeah. A thousand million is what they call a trillion. And, I mean, when you when you start talking about budgets and and war spending and everything, you need the word trillion because it just makes it like a playset. It's <laughs> play just setting. easier to make sense, you know. Yes. It's like it, it would be like not having tablespoon and counting everything in teaspoons, you know. <laughs> like it, it would it would be complicated. But I have no comprehension of trillion. I can't no. count that high. No. There, nothing makes sense to me past a million. Like billion billion makes sense to me for population. Right. Because we're, you know, when I was growing up, it was 6.5 billion people on the planet. Now or for like your biome or something like that. Yeah, now <laughs> we're coming up over 10. But I, I, I don't 
no. know what trillion means. No. So, like, uh, of course it's easy to zone out. So, but right. yeah, I mean, like, the, the, this is a significant problem. Well, now that you've gotten me fully depressed, let's move on to something a little more exciting. I hear a rumor that there's electric cars, flying cars now. Oh, uh, you didn't? You wanted to move on instead of jumping out the window? <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. I was thinking maybe uh, we could talk a little bit about these new flying cars that are supposedly almost a reality. Electric vehicle, electric vertical takeoff and landing aircrafts, EBITOLs, I don't even know. That, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's not... just as foreign to me as the word trillion, <laughs> are set to enter the market with companies like Joby Aviation and Archer Aviation planning to begin production. These electric vehicles are capable of carrying a pilot and four passengers traveling up to 100 miles wow. at 200 miles an hour with little noise and no exhaust emissions. The potential market for flying taxis is immense, with hundreds of electric vehicles expected to operate in urban areas within a decade, generating tens of billions of dollars in annual revenue. Despite past skepticism, these electric aircraft are now becoming a reality with demonstrations drawing large crowds, good idea, (laughs) and federal regulations aiming to certify them for civil flight by 2025. Investors are taking note as companies like Joby and Archer are have seen their stocks surge and the market potential for flying electric vehicles is becoming a reality. Because there's nothing like a good air show accident to, uh, <laughs> to really get your blood pump in there. Yeah. Um, what What's your take on this? We've been promised I, electric I, vehicles my entire life. I um. All right. You know a recent recent fishing trip of mine ended with running out of gas in the middle of the bay, right? <laughs> so You want to tell that story? Well, I, I just want to say that knowing that the irresponsibleness that I, I carry in my, in my soul, I've run out of gas at least five or six times in my life. I can't imagine, you know, flying a couple hundred feet off the ground and being like, eh, I think I can make it. It all, it all goes back to our disclaimer, self-proclaimed <laughs> morons. Yes. yes, but we know how much moron we are, so at least we can prepare for it. Right. I love the idea of a flying car, but I know I am not mature enough or responsible enough to actually be in one. Uh, yeah, and also, uh, I mean, my, my skepticism for this all comes down to... Uh, we were promised this our entire lives, you know, like throw the switch, raise your house yeah. like the Jetsons, the, I was and, just then gonna say your, Jetsons yes. and then fly your electric car to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was what, around 2018 Uber yeah, really doubled down and said they were going to do the, the flying electric taxi and that never came around. Right. I remember they had a whole design competition about design a rooftop airport mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And they haven't mentioned it in years. It's like the the Tesla Cybertruck, where that might be coming true now. Mm-hmm. But there was a big announcement, and then poof, there's nothing for for a few years. So I, I don't. I just do they run into something that they say, "Oh crap, we didn't realize how how impossible this is." Let's just not say another <laughs> word about it. Right. Forget that we ever brought it up. Right. And uh, hope people will forget that we talked about it. Right. Or do they? like see something shining glittery and move on to a different right know. yeah i i don't that that's the problem is i i can't get excited about this because i don't think it's real i know it's sad i would love that but i also know that um i would have to be in a fully protected exoskeleton if i was going to be in one of those because 
Uh, for, I need to be in a fully protected exoskeleton on the ground <laughs> if those are allowed. Like, can you imagine the potential? Like, no. it's going to take one or two or three to fall out of the sky and and wreck a skyscraper or a school, and and that will be the end of it. Right into like a crowded, um, you know, stadium right down <laughs> right. in the middle of a crowded stadium. Like all of it just sounds like a bad idea to me. Well, there would be no way to regulate. There'd be no way to have like designated lanes, right? Highways. You know, <laughs> right. How would you even do that? You know, you have that a tier like, levels, <laughs> just over a lake. Yeah. That that's the flying path. Oh my god! All right, I think we should put this one to rest because I'm getting anxious thinking about flying in a car <laughs> and, and crashing myself. So let's move on to roll them dice. Uh, this segment here is just uh, a gut shot. Makes a. Uh, Really, no sense at all. But uh, I mean, there's no there's no metric behind these picks. Just a gut feeling. And for this here, I, I am uh, going to pick two. I'm going to pick Apple and GoPro for shorts on both because uh, right now Apple record, reported declining revenue for consecutive quarters due to weak demand for mobile phone phones and laptops. Um, I know Apple has been trying more and more to push toward a uh, services as a new line of uh, revenue and and that seems to be working but the stock has reflected a dip due to this announcement and i think they're going to continue to drop um gopro also um for the same reason as apple uh, gopro will be coming out with normally gopro launches their new camera line in september apple usually launches their new phone in september and uh, historically, from what I can recall, both of those companies usually seem to drop in stock price um, for, you know, indeterminate amount of time after those products come out. So I'm thinking right now, short Apple and GoPro, probably until about October, um, that will probably be when both of those companies start to rise back up. And looking through the stock prices, at least through GoPro, uh, there seems to be a dip usually this time of year through October. So my my roll them dice picks this week is a short Apple and GoPro uh, till October. I have a question. Uh, weak demand for mobile phones and laptops. What's what's um, behind that? Do we know? I would suspect that they're lasting longer. Oh, okay. Because like before, when yeah. Apple would come out with the the iPhone, <laughs> you'd buy a new iPhone every year. Right, right, right. Now, I mean, my my iPhone now is like two years old. Okay. My last iPhone I kept for three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long I kept the one before that, but I I used to buy one every year. Oh well. Yeah, and laptops people people just aren't right. using computers as much now with their phone. That's true. That's a good point. So, all right. Um, what do you think about those? I'm intrigued by the GoPro. Um, their products are amazing. I, you were showing me some of their products that, that you've utilized, and uh, it, it mystifies me that the stock isn't isn't higher. I, just, I love their products. Amazing. I mean, they, they, I mean, for both of us being former video guys, what you can do with a camera now that you can fit in your pocket is mind-blowing. That you um, can fit in your pocket and it doesn't cost $5,000. Right. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like brand new, like when they first come out, you're talking about like $500, you know, and 
Um, All right, to keep that in perspective, a, a shoulder camcorder in the 1980s was around $2,000. Right, and, <laughs> and in uh, uh, t- today's prices, that would be like $6 trillion. <laughs> exactly, right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, it, it's crazy to me. I've owned GoPro. I bought it at like 8 bucks, and it dropped to 6 by like October. So that was like a year ago, so I, I have lost money on GoPro. But they put is, out good products. But they put out amazing products, and um, yeah, that, that's just my uh, my thought behind the the roll them dice on, yeah. on this one. It sounds like good. I w- I think that's going to be one of my one of my go. I'm going to go for GoPro probably soon too. And now after reading about those um, flying cars, I want to go for Joby uh, Aviation too. I think <laughs> I might have to check that one out. I mean, well, I, I did uh, I did play uh, a short on GoPro in my in my virtual stock market. Okay. This week. How, so how'd we'll, you do? We'll see how oh, it goes. We'll see. Okay, we'll see that later. All right, yeah. great. Let's move on to celebrity businesses. I found an interesting article uh, I was reading the other day. Side hustles are definitely not a new thing. Many of us are using what little spare time we have to bring in that extra dollar, that extra cha-ching. So it's not unusual to have a little side gig. Hip-hop megastar Drake even has a side gig that could be considered basically a veritable empire. Drake partnered recently with Shopify to provide an online store modeled after his mansion, which is nicknamed the Embassy. Here, viewers can visit each of the rooms of the house in his Fortress of Solitude, if you will, with each room being a separate online store. And now using a new feature of Shopify's called Collective, this feature will allow products from other vendors so he can do cross promotions in the same site that he has i had a chance to check it out it's pretty cool basically you go through his mansion and each room is set up like the room in his house but there's like furniture and then there's like clothes strewn about and anything that has a little white icon on it is a product that you can purchase so you're looking in his house you're like hey i see that nike cap i like that you click on it boop there goes this the specs on it the price add to your cart type of thing and you go through uh, his lounge, you go through his recording studio, you go out to his swimming pool area. Then there's one little section where you could be on his private jet and, oh, I'm going to buy this hoodie that he has sitting out there like that. So it's kind of a neat um, gimmicky thing. But I like the fact that he can partner with other vendors to bring them into it as well. So Shopify is definitely um, working in that part anyway. So he gets a little taste off of everything that he, uh, exactly. he pimps out. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> do you um do you think that that will benefit Shopify, or do you think right now it's just long term, or, or do you think it's just a, a promotional stunt right now? I think it's a promotional stunt. I mean, it, it does get the name out there more because the whole, whole thing is they want people to, to use their their platform, so they hear, oh, Drake does it, I'm going to use <laughs> right. Shopify too, right? right? And a lot of people are using Shopify. Um, it does make the uh, selling easier. In fact, originally, way, way, way back when. When the Motley Fools were first recommended it, it was a direct competitor with Amazon. Okay. But uh, Amazon decided, you know what? Let's just use them. So Amazon started using Shopify instead oh, wow. of being a competitor. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's actually made their transition a lot easier. It didn't put them instead of putting them as direct competition, they became a service that Amazon uses. And I know Shopify has been uh, focusing on uh, a lot with logistics, and I think they just spun off or sold their logistics to another transportation company. I wouldn't be surprised. I will talk a little bit more about Shopify when we get to the Motley Fool section about how much their uh, stock dropped in the last week. (laughs) All right. So uh, this podcast is sponsored by our listeners. Help support the show at patreon.com slash stockgamblers. 
patrons will receive access to our stock market virtual exchange competition, as well as additional bonus content. Your contributions go directly to this show. So uh, please consider helping us out, make a better show uh, by supporting us at patreon.com slash stock gamblers or look at the uh, show notes for that link. It's only a $5 a month contribution, and you too can be part of this wonderful podcast. You can compete against us with, uh, with your uh, picks in the, the virtual exchange, which we will we'll get into shortly. You, the pride that you can have by whipping our butts in uh, <laughs> stock competitions. It would not be hard. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to Motley Fool, our buddies. Now, Motley Fool's darling stock, Shopify, was again recently praised by them. However, almost immediately after they praised it in an article last week, the stock dropped 5%. Shopify has dropped 5% on two separate days recently. In other words, I think right around now it's at 56 a share. When we had our first episode, it was trading at around 67 a share. So just to show you, it dropped around 10%. So according to Bloomberg, this drop can be attributed to investor concerns about long-term growth overshadowing the company's outlook for the current quarter. So we shall see if this online shopping giant can rebound. But in other news from Motley Fool, they recommended the data warehouse Snowflake. The data warehouse company is a previous pick from Motley Fool, but with the recent emphasis on artificial intelligence combined with Snowflake's, check this out, George, 80% decline over the last year, Motley Fool thinks that it's a good buy right now. Any Anything declining, Motley Fool, in my opinion, thinks is a good buy. Yes, so they think it's ready to pay some dividends as a reason to give this uh, company another look. So the fact that it lost 80% doesn't mean it's going to lose another 15 to 20%, right? Also, in my experience with Motley Fool, um, they, they are in the habit of uh, chasing good money after bad. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've been a victim of that, too. Uh, I, I still can't quit them yet. I'm not ready to give up on them. But, uh, I know. I'm, I'm I, I, I know you love them, and I respect that, but not for me. I understand. I understand. But more and more, as we look at those picks over the next couple of weeks, more and more, I'm going to probably move over to your side. <laughs> All right. So uh, news from uh, Dow, um, which is uh, Barron's Market Watch and Wall Street Journal. Uh, Nike, they... they, um, they believe nike is a good pick uh nike stock has fallen 8.2 percent in 2003 facing challenges like high inventory sluggish demand and competition however most of these issues are fading and the focus has shifted back to innovation as the u.s economy recovers and china's economy improves nike's sales growth and margins are expected to accelerate Investors are encouraged to buy now in anticipation of potential push for higher stock. The company's direct-to-consumer strategy and growth in China could lead to increased profitability and higher stock value in the future. Also, another article they uh, had published led to other problems that Nike had been facing, which includes uh, the high supply chain, and organized crime groups be targeting warehouse trucks and be a shame stores. if something were to happen to those shoes. So <laughs> <laughs> apparently Nike, like Nike supply gets gets stolen at every level. Like every every process from moving them around to trucks and, and selling them in stores at every point where they change hands, Nikes are stolen. Somebody's taking them. It is crazy. It is like 
the mob at at like the highest level of operation and efficiency. It is unbelievable. It's awesome. So um, I I did follow Nike and and I did have them in my virtual uh, stock and uh, they they have gone up. So I I'm I'm seeing the benefits of this stock in our game. Nice, nice. Now utility stocks. Speaking of that, utility stocks have lost favor with risk-seeking investors, leading to a six percent drop in utilities uh, select sector SPDR ETF, whatever that means. However, this sector's low valuations and growth prospects make it attractive. Utilities trade typically at about seventeen times forward earnings, down from over twenty-one last year, and they offer growth potential through increasing rate bases. Utility providers are building renewable energy plants, leading to earnings growth, and dividend growth is expected to be around 6% annually. Utility stocks now appear to be the low-risk stocks with significant potential for investors. So forever ago, I had um, some investment guy going door-to-door, No. and he knocked on my door. No. And I always answer, you know, like... (laughs) I, I love people coming to my door. Oh, I love God. I love all the solar people. I, oh, I no. love all I love all the, the religious the, people. I, the I power love, windows and siding. Those people too. I love inviting them in oh, and wasting no, my don't. time. I've had this solar company on the hook now for Stop. like like three weeks. I've I've clearly wasted like at least four hours of their good time. Uh, I respect the hell out of that. <laughs> I love my. You know, teach them teach them to never come back because <laughs> they're just dumping money on me. But um, this investment guy was trying to pitch to me like they, they do that. Do you do you know about the stock market? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, boy, do I. Well, what do you use? And I rattle off, you know, like Robinhood, right, uh, right. Vanguard, Fidelity, all these things I buy stock through. He's like, well, one my my good investment pick is PPNL. And, and if you don't know, PPNL in uh, central Pennsylvania area. They provide all the power, okay. and at twenty six dollars, they're they're a good buy. And with their dividends, blah blah blah. I was, and that was years ago. That was before COVID. And I was checking their stock the other day, probably because I saw this article, and they're still at twenty six bucks. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, it might be a good investment pick, but I, for that specific stock, I didn't see any growth at all, and I don't know. But Whether take, or not take a pick off a guy who just knocks at your door. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, I'm an investor. <laughs> I mean, we ought to start knocking on people's doors. And, we are and, sort of. And we are That's kind of, is. yeah, listen to our show. Give us my Patreon money and you can have our and You can lose money like and, we do. Right. I just got never heard so, of that. People going door to door. Me neither. And like, uh, that is not the guy I'm going to do my investment, <laughs> my investments with. But, I'll be over in that van over there on the corner if you need any. <laughs> So yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I agree with utility stocks. I, I where, where where are you on this? I mean, I never thought about them to be honest with you. Um, I always yeah, probably because they stay the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even know they paid dividends to be honest with you. But then again, I am a self proclaimed moron. So <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you have you have this one. You but have, if a stock uh, stays the same and it keeps buying di- and it keeps buying, but you keep buying dividends. I mean, you ke- keeps producing dividends and you keep buying more and more and more stock of it. You are gonna make money. If they're paying dividends, right. um, uh, that reminds me of um, it's California. Um, what is the electric company there that keeps lighting everything on fire? Uh, I don't know. 
I, I need to look this up quick. Uh, what is it? It's a... Oh, geez. Um, PG&E. Oh, yeah. Okay, I heard of that. So PG&E, and I don't know what their stock is. Uh, and uh, I need to look that up now, too, because I, I don't know why I didn't think of this until just now. Uh, if you don't know about what's going, what, what's been going on in California, <laughs> um, they have had at least like I think two forest fires where they were uh, identified as being the contributor to them because they uh, had been passing on uh, money that that they had been earning uh, to dividends to their investors, so they weren't improving all their infrastructure okay. and. and one of them caused like the second largest fire in uh in california oh so God. um it, it is a big problem 1753 a share right now yeah and and uh 2018 before the fire they were uh 47 Ooh. 48 dollars a share um I, I know that it did really well like people who bought in through the the 80s and 90s at, at you know 20 some dollars 30 some dollars it went up to almost 70 at one point wow but now they're down to 1753 and and, and that's because nothing split or anything like that they just that's their <laughs> maybe but i mean that, I that was a public utility yeah that, I doubt that, that. A publicly traded utility so um and I, I can't recall if that was after Enron, but we, we remember Enron, what happened with that. Enron, yeah. I heard of so that. So I, 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 I just, I'm not on board with, uh, yeah, I'm not. with these stocks at all. I'm not. All right. Well, glad I peed all over your Cheerios. No, you didn't. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't think you did. All right, for the next one... Um, the Food and Drug Administration has approved the first ever pill for postpartum depression called Zuranolone. Zuranolone. I can't even pronounce it. Jointly developed by Biogen Inc. and Sage Therapeutics. Taken daily for two weeks, the drug has shown improvements in symptoms, including anxiety and sleep troubles, as early as three days after the first pill, based on clin clinical trials. Postpartum depression affects one in eight new mothers in the U.S., and researchers suggest the actual rate may be higher. Mm -hmm. The new pill provides an alternative to the previously approved intravenous injection that requires hospitalization. After it was determined that this pill only works with postpartum depression and not regular depression, uh, this stock tanked. It dropped like 30 or 40 percent, I think. But again, that points to not being able to predict how the hell anything's going to happen because you would think that, wow, a specific drug for postpartum. Yeah. Now, prior to that, the only treatment I knew for postpartum was jewelry therapy. Because when, <laughs> um, when my uh, daughter was born, my wife had severe postpartum depression. And her mother's like, go and buy her a diamond bracelet. And I did. <laughs> And it worked. So, that is such an but Italian thing. That is, my mother-in-law was not Italian. My mother-in-law is not Italian. She's Irish. Oh, that's but, fun. that's even funnier. But um, 
but that's a lot more expensive than you know a prescription for zoranolonone. Zoranolonone. Yeah, whatever you know? that is. But uh, I wish they would have had that around. It would have saved me about fifteen hundred dollars. Zoranolone. I. I Zoranolone. However you want to pronounce it. Yeah. Zoranolone sounds like a drug. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'm on Zoranolone. But yeah, isn't isn't that crazy? I would have thought that like uh, a proven a proven trial specifically uh, for specifically postpartum. For postpartum depression would have made the stock go soaring, but everyone goes, "Oh, well, it doesn't work on depression." So, and then it tanks. But I, there's only about. F- 300 other things out there for depression right right there's nothing out there specifically for postpartum right i i (laughs) I just don't understand the market and and yeah that that is uh that is beyond my comprehension i just don't get it but then again that points to us talking about um how you can't predict what's going to happen in the market (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know all right um let's move on to our picks of picks. the week. This is uh, this is not an investment uh, uh, recommendation on our part in any way. This is only a game. Well, actually, it's the opposite of a recommendation. <laughs> it's do don't do what we're doing. That would be a recommendation, and this is not that. So, <laughs> so, um, it, so the opposite of a recommendation is a recommendation. Yeah, these are just stocks we like. Okay. So. Uh, what are what are your picks for the week? What what are you going to be putting well, into your your uh, market or your virtual market portfolio? First, this I want I want to talk a little bit about my picks last week because I felt like you were you weren't respecting me here for a second. Well, they weren't your picks; they were Motley Fool's picks. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. I was unprepared for the first episode. Mastercard. Well, for the week following my Mastercard pick, the stock is uh, actually the stock was up point two point two seven percent in a week. So technically, it's positive and the second pick truest financial had a bit of a hiccup since my recommendation prior to me opening my big mouth the stock was up four percent for the month of july but now we're looking at it roughly up about 0.89 percent so in the last week but my current picks now my picks for this week for this week's peaks i'm going to did I say peaks for this week's picks I am going with two that I've been playing around with for the last year or so. These are not Motley Fool picks. These are my own picks. The first one speaks to you, George. It's a medical company out of Newark, California, that develops effective treatments for a variety of liver ailments. Okay. Oh, yes. I, that, that, could be, uh, that could be beneficial later. The company Simbay Therapeutics was my first foray into Robinhood's trading platform as it was the free Welcome to Robinhood stock back when you invited me to join Robinhood. I joined, and my one free share was... Simbe Therapeutics. Now, since acquiring that first share in 2020, I've been squirreling away roughly about five bucks a week to buy this stock. So as of August 4th, 2023, I have around 52 shares and I received 120% return. So that's not too bad for a freebie stock. Now, the second pick I stumbled upon by myself, and I don't really remember where I got it from, somebody probably approached me in the back alley and kind of whispered it into my ear, but uh, I can't remember where I got the name from. But SSR Mining, it's a company that engages in the operation, development, and acquisition of precious metal properties, including, but not limited to gold. And the one thing I've learned from Daffy Duck is that everyone loves gold. 
So SSRI has had a good run, but recently it's cooled a little bit. This would be a great opportunity right now to get a lot of shares of it as it's currently only trading around $14.60 a share. So my current return's not that impressive, 0.83%, but uh, that's just a recent dip. Generally, it's been pretty good. Uh, but as a glutton for punishment, I think it's going to rebound in the last quarter of 2023. I own a few other mining stocks, but so far this one is the one that's performing the best. So you got my two picks right now. So there you have it. Symbi Therapeutics to fix your livers and SSRI mining to pay for the treatments. I may be a devil, but I'm a greedy devil. <laughs> um, I'm a greedy little miser. I think I might have owned SSRI before. Um, I've had good luck with mining companies before, but then lost everything by hanging around too long. Mm -hmm. It, it, it seems like for mining, you need to know the right time to get in and the right time to get out. It's not a long-term thing, is it? No, yeah. Definitely not, okay. no. But I, I think that you're on the right track where um, I think that mining is the new, or minerals are the new mm -hmm. oil. Yeah. And um, I, I, I do think, I mean, especially when you look at uh, how we're getting into lithium for and, and other precious metals for batteries, I... I, I do think that uh, you're on the right line of mm -hmm. thinking. Um, I, I can get behind at least the uh, the mining. Mm -hmm. um, I've never had good luck in the medical industry. That's my only one that's, I've had a few, and that's the only one that's performing well for me. I've had a few that were offered, a few um, IPOs from Robinhood. One was a health one, and it tanked. I've lost a lot of money on IPOs. <laughs> my my biggest loser has been Beyond Meat. Oh, you, you did know, that? I got in on that at like uh, what? Did, what did that IPO at like a hundred and sixty or I something? I was going to say like I knew that. sixty was in it. I was one hundred sixty. Okay, yeah. And now now it's down to dollars. Is it dollars? All right. Well, I think I got you beat on that because I bought one from Robinhood for like. Um, like 36 a share and it's down to like 10 cents a share or something like that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I need to, I need to check and see what beyond is at now because it, it is pathetic. Well, here's a good question. 13, you... $13. Okay. All right. Yeah, I've, I've lost $148. On that. <laughs> oh, all right. That one share. So what were you going to say? That quickly left me. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. You know um, how I am. You know how I am. If I don't say it right then and there. And and your your reciprocity for uh, the free Robin Hood share I got was a gen, a gen, a genus, a g e n u s. Okay. Um, it is trading at a dollar twenty five now. So I got a dollar twenty five for whoring you out to join Robin Hood. So thank you. Okay. Yes, this one is the one I got was called Q Health. Uh, I think I bought it at. Uh, $18 a share, and now it's $0.42 cents a share. So, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Woo, $0.42. Cents. So my previous picks from last week were Mattel and um, Uber. Uh, from what I bought through the virtual stock exchange, Mattel is slightly up, and Uber is way down. So a uh, little, uh, little ahead on Uber. I, I think it's going to come back, and I think Mattel will continue to do well. Uh Especially after the news that the Barbie movie broke a billion dollars in box office sales, which is incredible. Um, I, I think they're going to keep going up. You know, there's a little Barbie in all of us because <laughs> of microplastics. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. But I'm bummed. Sorry. 
So uh, for this week, um, Mike Wagner became wealthy by turning around and, and struggling self uh, turning around uh, struggling self storage facilities. His investment coaching business, the Storage Rebellion, helps others enter the storage market. The U.S. self storage industry has thrived due to Americans' penchant for accumulating belongings. During the pandemic, the demand for storage increased as people repurposed space at home. However, with workers returning to offices and higher interest rates slowing home sales, the industry faces challenges. Storage companies have to offer discounts to attract customers and higher borrowing costs have hindered new construction. While the self-storage industry has been profitable, experts wonder if it's reaching its growth limits. Um, I had just just seen that BlackRock, due to the decline, had to sell off their self-storage wing or division to public storage. Um, I think that's bad for um, for storage long term, but I think that that is good for public storage. So I'm going long on public storage, the company. Um, you were nodding your head while we were talking. Do you know anyone or do you rent storage at all? No, but I I'm, was really obsessed with the business model of pods. Everyone. I, I, I think that was one of the greatest ideas that I have ever seen as far as because I moved seven years ago. And they plop that bad boy right down in there in your driveway and you can pack up over the course of weeks. Okay. And then they take it and they bring it to you. But if you're not moved in yet, they will store it for you. So now they how, have the storage and they have the pods. How long did that run behind? What do you mean? Well, my, my one friend moved from, uh, he moved from Michigan to Portland. And it was weeks beyond oh, no, what I told was, him. Like he was buying clothes and stuff at Walmart, waiting for his crap to come. No, no, yeah. I only moved a few miles, so right, yeah, right. There was no, there was like I, I needed here Sunday at two, and it was there. You know, there was so no the issue. same guy dropping it off was the one who picked it up and moved it to the new location no. for you then, or no. no? It's just whoever shows up in the big truck. Okay, they have these crazy looking crane. Well, I mean, like the same company. That, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That it's all dropped pods. it off in yeah. your yard, moved yeah. it, so they could control it. Right. So yeah. that was I think that's great. Good luck with it. It's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, I, it would be. Um, every the last couple times I moved, I used um, U-Haul. Um, the the uh, moving help, moving help might be what it's called. I don't even remember what mm -hmm. it is, but they're they're moving division where you line up movers on both ends and they load up the truck for you and unload the truck for you. Okay, and that um, that worked really well for me. And I, I thought about putting U-Haul into my picks for the week because mm -hmm. with the storage and then also the other right. end with the transportation that made a lot of sense for me but i i chose not to um and only focused on public storage because of their acquisition through blackrock oh, okay. um i'm starting to regret that now but um well i never understood i understand what they're saying about how uh during the pandemic the need grew right i, I understand that but obviously the capacity is lower now right 
how all, but there's how often are we going to have pandemics? How often right, is something right. going to happen where the, the storage needs are going to go through the roof? Yeah, you know? and and rent has been going crazy right. too because my my family had not my family, my mom had rented um, a storage unit for my niece and. Um, that um, the the rates kept going up. Right. She just got rid of it because mm-hmm. the rates went up too high. Is it worth it? No, no. For, just for crap, throw your crap away. Right. Exactly. Like just yeah, get rid or of or just let it stack up and you know and not, don't pay your utility bills right. and you know. either be a hoarder or, right. or get rid of everything. Don't go in halfway. Don't, yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. Like I have so much crap that I need to keep. I want to put it in another building and pay and continue <laughs> to pay. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get the storage unit thing, but I, I don't know why it would go away. I, I think that it's probably starting to go down now mm-hmm. because you can no longer build more of them and flip them like these people were doing. Right. But for uh, for public storage and possibly U-Haul, I, I think those would be good picks. Okay. My ne- next pick is Novo Nordisk. New data from a five-year trial by Novo Nordisk shows that its obesity drug, uh, Wegovy, provides major cardiovascular benefits, reducing the risk of heart attacks and strokes. This data puts pressure on insurers to cover GLP-1-class med- medications, potentially leading to Medicare coverage. The trial demonstration, a 20% reduction in combined heart attacks, strokes, and cardiovascular deaths, compared to placebo, surpassing the 17% reduction goal. This study excluded diabetic patients, highlighting that the benefits extend to non-diabetic obese and, and overweight individuals. Novo Nordisk plans to seek regulatory approvals to add the heart, uh, heart benefit evidence to Wagobi's prescribing label. The results may strengthen the efforts for better insurance coverage and have prompted higher forecasts forecasts for global obesity markets with which eliminates uh i'm sorry with uh, estimates reaching 77 billion dollars in annual sales by 2030 despite growing demand manufacturing capacity shortages have led to prescription shortages eli Lilly reported strong manjaro sales a diabetic drug expected to receive fda approval for obesity treatment while insurance coverage remains uneven, the success of the trial may convince payers that these drugs are uh, offer more than just weight loss. So um, it's been reported for a while now that these uh, diabetes-focused drugs are now pushing into weight loss mm-hmm. and obesity uh, treatment. Now that there is the added uh, heart and stroke treatment, that has potential. I, I think these are going to continue to gain. What What do you think? I think it's uh, fantastic that, you know, you can have something that also benefits the cardiovascular uh, in addition to um, losing weight, I guess. Sign me up for this um, and the liver drug. and uh, <laughs> Now, give, me, give me a hair 70. drug and an ED drug, and I'll be all set, man. <laughs> right. okay, covered it from top to bottom. <laughs> or top to middle. <laughs> um yeah, I, I think that, uh, I mean, have you have you looked into the out-of-pocket cost for these? Like some no. of these drugs, you have to get a weekly injection no, I and, and yeah. pay like 80 to $200 per <laughs> injection or whatever it is. Like it, it it's crazy. The, and, and you can't just stop taking them. You're, you're now on this for as long as you want to stay thin. Right. 
I, I guess if you're adding in, um, you know, the potential for a heart attack and or cardiovascular and, and stroke pr- uh, pr- prevention, it might be a, a good way to go. Right. Um, I don't want to take it, but I, I see the potential to profit from the market. Oh, absolutely. Well, you're not overweight either, so, you know. But <laughs> oh, I'm definitely over overweight. You got I mean, obese. How's that? I, I'm I'm coming down from the uh, the uh, medical definition of obese. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. All right. which I don't think is that big, but um, you know the the clinical definition. Yeah, I mean, like more and more Americans are up around that range. So, um, the the part of the article where it talks about putting pressure on the insurers to cover it or to cover those class of medications, what I, I don't understand exactly what they're. Uh, they are pushing so they don't for, cover for your insurance provider to start covering it instead of you paying the $200. Right, or, but why wouldn't they have covered it if it's for obesity? Because it, it wasn't prescribed for obesity. Obesity That wasn't the, the treatment. It, it started to be prescribed for that. Right. But not— it, it What was the original—what was the—because that's— Diabetes. The, Oh, okay. So the off the off label right. use was for obesity. Right. So now okay. they're pushing for insurance okay. companies and, and Medicare to pick it up for Oh that's right, because insurance companies won't cover off off label usage. Right. I get I'm sorry, I get it now. So uh, based on the insurance companies getting ready to uh be forced or strong armed into covering um the mm-hmm. these drugs, I'm I'm betting on Novo Nordisk. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. All right. That uh, that about wraps up everything that, was, that we have. That is was a there... fun, exciting show. I thought that was a that was a good one. Yeah. Is there I anything myself. that you uh, you want to talk about before we go, or is that about it? I did have something, but then it left. All right. <laughs> so if we could add a memory drug for you, then we'd be uh, we, that would be a good pick. I would have to remember to take it. <laughs> that is always the problem. That, that's my problem with my blood pressure medication. All right. So that will wrap up this week's Stock Gamblers. Uh, follow us at StockGamblers.net. And uh, you can also uh, follow us on Patreon for our bonus content and access to an ad-free version of the show. And you can uh, join us in our virtual stock market through Patreon. Keep on gambling with those stocks. (laughs) All right. See you next week. Bye.